Hi, welcome to another episode of Tech Bytes, the ServiceNow podcast that helps you use the product better, faster, and more efficiently. I'm Suzanne Smith, your host. Today, we are very happy to have Kevin Mitz, our Director of Knowledge Management here at ServiceNow with us. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Suzanne. <laughs> Kevin has been with ServiceNow uh, for a little over two years. He has greatly improved our knowledge base on high for customers including making lots of new articles, customer and public facing, improving the quantity and quality of our known error articles available to customers. And Kevin also created the very popular and active knowledge management special interest group in our ServiceNow community. That is a really good group on the community. And in his spare time, Kevin is a huge hockey fan. It's a true story, yeah. It's a true story. So if you wanna talk hockey and you go to the knowledge conference this year, find, Kevin, right? Especially if you cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. We are here to talk about knowledge management on high and some of these wonderful things that you have implemented here. Um, for a customer that hasn't used the knowledge management application before and might not know exactly what it does, can you give us a little overview of, of how this can be used and what its benefits are? Sure. Uh, the knowledge management application is a knowledge base. It allows you to create and store documents um, and you can actually include attachments on the documents and they can be um, indexed as part of the search. Um, what you can do from there is use it to help with self-service um, for your help desk. People can actually go and get the answers or you can use it for process document so that every time you have a new process that you need people to follow they can go and look that up and find the information they need um, and everything can be templated and uh, you know presented in a uniform way and you can control who sees the article so even within a single knowledge base some articles can be internal some can be facing customers yeah that's right so the way we have ours configured we actually have internal content then we have partner content, then we have customer content, which requires a login, um, and then we have public content, and that's the majority of our content, um, which means it's uh, indexed by Google and um, other search engines so that people can actually just go and search there and everybody can go and look at it. It doesn't matter who you are. I wanna jump into a big area of questions for knowledge management, and that is search. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the tweaks and changes that you've worked with and and made in search like pinning, meta tags? Um, one of the first things that we did with search was actually look at the stop words list um, because there's a lot of stop words in there that um, should be there um, depending on your organization and maybe shouldn't be there depending on your organization. Can you tell people what the stop word list is? It, it's just the words that if people use those terms in a search, they get thrown out. Oh, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and we went through that and we actually removed a fair number of those stop words to help improve our search results. Um, an example of something was, uh, I believe, the word import. Um, which is pretty important to ServiceNow, um, was one of the stop words. So we had to go in and remove that. Um, so by doing that, just it naturally increased our search results. Um, so search result something like import that. is on that list, and that makes, that'll make the search more difficult. So get That's rid right. Of that. So what would happen is somebody would include the word import in their search, and the search would just strip that out because it, it's considered a stop word and it, it, it doesn't provide value to the search string, though in our case, it certainly does. Uh, pinning articles? Can you talk about that? 
Sure. Um, in Fuji and newer, when you want to pin something, that means that you have an article always come to the top of the search results, regardless um, uh, of where it would actually rank um, based on the weighting of the article. Um, and you do that by using keywords. Um, so if you have an article related to maybe emailing that you want to come up every time somebody uses the word email in a search, you can pin that article in every search with the word email, that article will come up on top. And you can use multiple words to pin an article. You can use a single word. Um, that's really up to you. Um, pinning is very good to help with that. Um, I've seen examples where people want um, a specific process document pinned or um, uh, travel document. So anytime somebody uses the word travel, all the um, uh, travel information always comes up at the very top. Um, one of the things that you want to keep in mind is that you don't want to use really broad terms when you're doing pinning. Um, I've seen situations and um, talked with various customers where they might use things like um, coordinate as a pinning word. Well, that's a little broad. You're, you're going to want to be more specific than that. Or they might use a word like fails if it's a troubleshooting article. Well, that's not specific enough. You're going to need something significantly more specific than that in order to come up with the content that you need. With pinning, if you take a word like email, can that only bring one specific article to the top? Or can can a single article only be pinned to one term? Or can one term only be pinned to one article? No, you can do multiple articles. Um, and I think you can configure that. I'd have to go back and confirm that. But I think you can have up to three or five um, we'd recommend that you wouldn't want to have that many. Um, really one or two per term is all you'd want to have come up. If you start really stacking that, um, then you're not really relying on the search at all. Um, and you just end up with this long list that, it, that isn't the way it's meant to work. How about meta tags? How can people use meta tags better? Do they use fewer, more of them, more specific words only, phrases? So that's going to depend on how you have your uh, search weighting or your uh, TS weight um, parameter configured. Um, if you have the meta field um, and you are putting words in there and you have um, the ranking of that field set higher, um, internally at ServiceNow, we've increased the ranking of that field. And I've blogged about this on the community. You could go and read that. Um, that's going to help your search relevancy. Um, and you can put in words or combinations of words and phrases um, to help improve that search and the relevancy of it. Um, that's really where you want to start using um, the meta. Um, another way that you might want to use it, and um, I've seen other people use it this way, we don't necessarily, is by using um, synonyms, putting words that you wouldn't necessarily want in your actual document, um, but maybe customers might use those words to search for it. Um, so when if um, we say power on, just as an example, but somebody else says start up, maybe our um, guide says that we always have to say power on, we can never say start up. Um, but in the meta, you might have start up so that when somebody searches that they still actually get the power on document, even though they don't actually know that it's in there. So it's a way to help with synonyms too. When people make changes to to meta tags or pinning, that's reflected in the search immediately. I mean, you can have an immediate impact on search results by making some of these changes, correct? Yeah, absolutely. 
it's it's immediate. You it can is. test it and you can see that right away. Yep. Thank you for covering those different aspects of search, Kevin. We actually did have a question for today's podcast from Jens Hellstrup, who is a solution consulting manager in our ServiceNow Copenhagen office. And he specifically said that he is getting questions from customers about configuring keywords. So hopefully these search tips and tricks will cover some of those questions. Um, I want to talk a little bit about reports because the reports are so powerful and they can really be used uh, very intelligently with knowledge management. Can you talk a little bit about some usage reports uh, related to knowledge management as well as how can people use reports to determine who is viewing their content? So a couple of the reports that I really rely on or the team really relies on one is just simply views how often is the content being viewed um, we want to know that um, content in specific areas is getting viewed at the rate that we think it should and if there's no views there then we're obviously not getting any kind of self-service and so the, the content isn't providing any value or maybe it's the wrong content maybe there's not enough content and we have to go and investigate that um, it also indicates whether or not um, were healthy just in terms of um, breadth of content we have. So the view report matters. Um, it also indicates whether or not people are finding the content um, through Google with us um, or um, our internal staff because we uh, have separate reports for both of those um, because we want to make sure that the content's being found and used um, everywhere that we're providing it. Uh, the other thing that we'd like to look at is associating articles to incidents and making sure that people are in our support organization are finding the content they need to solve the incidents that are coming in and associating that content to the incident so that we're able to pull reports on that and see what the most common drivers are and then we can take that information um, and incorporate some of that feedback into our product or we can create new documentation that'll help with that um, so we do analysis after we pull that report and try and figure out what to do uh, from that point um, one of the things that uh, I get asked occasionally by customers is whether or not we require associating an article or creating an article on every incident. We don't require that. Um, there's going to be some situations where it just doesn't make sense to do that. Um, so we do not require it. But once a support engineer finds an article that's relevant for an incident, they can link that to the incident and they can link multiple articles to an incident to help other support engineers with customers having that same issue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, the report about viewing content, do you have any tips about how to run a report to see exactly who is viewing the content? Well, the way it works for us is um, all that information's um, captured as long as the person's logged into high, we can go in and drill down into that report and see who is viewing that content. Um, why that might matter to us is uh, it gives us an idea of um, who needs that content the most, uh, specifically internally. Um, if we're creating process documents and things like that, we want to know um, who's using that content and whether or not um, the target audience is using it. Because if we look and we realize that the target audience isn't using it, we can go and talk to those people um, and ask why it is or isn't providing value. And if it's not providing value, what do we need to do in order to make sure that they're going and using that kind of document? Absolutely. There's uh, There are some article view properties in our in our knowledge application that I think uh, people may not be using but might be useful for them. Uh, can you talk about a few of those article view properties such as the permalink and ratings? 
Sure. Um, ratings and permalink are both things that we have enabled. Um, it's not something that everybody wants or uses, um, but it matters to us. Um, the reason that uh, it matters to us specifically is on the rating side. Um, one of the reports we run is actually around um, what we call top box ratings of four or five out of five um, indicate that that content was good. Um, and we want to see what percentage of our content is rated a four or a five month over month. Um, and anything below that, we would consider um, not a good rating. So we'd want to know what the overall percentage is um, of top box. And uh, we have uh, sort of an internal goal around what we'd want that percentage to be. Um, and in order to do that, we use the property that's available to enable that. Um, permalink, what that's going to allow you to do is get a clean URL um, within the article that you can copy um, and then share more easily than the uh, longer URL that you'd get from your uh, URL bar. For the ratings, do you take into account if an article is a four or five, but only one person has given it a rating versus an article that has a four or five rating because 30 people have given it that rating? Yeah, that's a good question. We actually look at that um, uh, slightly differently. So um, how I talked about that report um, is one way we use it. Um, there's another report that we'll run. Um, it actually looks at um, ratings overall on a per article. Um, so if there's um, one article over a month or over six months or something like that that has a lot of negative ratings, we'll actually go pull up that article um, and see what needs to be changed on it. Um, sometimes nothing needs to be changed and it's just the message in the article that people don't like. Um, we've seen that actually internally with something uh, that we published um, and they just didn't like what the article said. Um, the article wasn't wrong. Um, it was just a change to a process and we realized that we needed to change our process um, because nobody liked it. Um, so we go and we update the content and we work with whoever we need to work with uh, to make that update. Um, so that's how we'd use that. We'd actually um, make it longer than a month um, and see where the negative ratings are landing. Um, if you're finding that you're getting, you know, maybe one negative rating on an article, um, that may not be enough to action um, because there's no real trend there. You can go and you can look at it and decide whether or not um, it, it needs more, um, but one negative rating isn't enough to do something with. Do you have any kind of mechanism in place for people reading the content to leave feedback or make a comment and has that has that worked well we do have something in place you can do it both internal and external um, and what we do with that is um, each day we actually pull the report to see what the feedback is um, because it's really important that we capture the customer um, comments on articles to determine what we need to change um, and a lot of the comments we get will be related to um, maybe typographical things or maybe we've missed a step somehow or uh, something's changed or they want some additional details and so we'll take that and we'll work with a subject matter expert and get the content updated um, so the feedback mechanism is there and it's really important to making sure that our content stays updated and fresh um, the content is meant to be you know a living document and the feedback is one of the ways in which we do that I want to be sure and ask you about the multi-KB feature in knowledge management, and I know you've implemented that at ServiceNow, and what's been the experience with using the multi-KB? 
So multi-KB is something that I try to encourage um, all of our customers to use. Um, the ones I've met with um, that aren't using it, I, I try to highlight the benefits of it. Um, it's been really important to our success uh, internally. Um, the way we've implemented it is um, we have one that's for program management. We have one that's for customer support. We have one that's for known errors and one for development and one for HR. Um, and one for our internal cloud operations team. And there's more than that. Um, and then we control access to those um, and so that you don't see a knowledge base that doesn't apply to you. And that's really important. Um, and it's one of the questions that I get is, you know, if we create another knowledge base, does everybody see it? No, you only get access to the ones that you provided access to. And then when you perform a search, from the home page, you can actually get results from all of the knowledge bases, or you can drill into which knowledge base you want to re, uh, result from. And from there, um, what you can do is start to target your content um, uh, a lot better. Not all of your content is living in the same spot and intermingling, um, and it's really provided um, a better search experience for people internally and externally. And the different knowledge bases can have a different manager, can have different access. There's a lot of custom settings on all those individual knowledge bases, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, a lot of our knowledge bases actually have completely different workflows. We have some that are direct to publish. So as an example, our development team, um, they want to be able just to go in, create content, publish it. It doesn't need to be reviewed by anybody. It's not going um, external. It's just the, the writing notes for each other. Um, so the workflow there is create, submit, and publish. That, that, that's how it goes. Um, then we'll have other knowledge bases where it's a little more rigorous. It's a pretty intense process document, um, and there's some compliance issues there. Um, so in a knowledge base like that, we might have you know, a subject matter expert review, then a manager review. Um, so there's you know two full level of reviews. Um, and other ones, we might have three levels of reviews and different teams doing the reviews. Maybe it's customer support creates it and development has to approve it. Um, so it depends on the knowledge base, um, but yeah, it, there's a lot of configurability there. And the multi-KB feature became available in what release? Uh, that's in Fuji. That's in Fuji. Yeah. So Fuji and later will have that multi-KB yeah, multi right. feature. Okay, one of our segments that we always try to do on the podcast is about the underdog feature or a feature that's available in knowledge management that customers may not be using and that they can really do something with, but they may not know about it. Can you think of an underdog feature that you want to tell customers about? I think the one that comes up most often is actually pinning um, that we talked about earlier. Um, when I have some of the conversations um, with customers and they're talking about wanting certain content to appear and how they'll be able to do that, and they talk about some of the things that they've done in their own instance um, to try and make that happen, um, a, a lot of the time it just comes back to pinning um, and pinning responsibly, not pinning every article. You have to really pick and choose what you want to pin. Um, but that's been a pretty significant benefit um, to those organizations when they realize the power of that feature and what it can do for them. And giving greater control over the search results so people are finding exactly what yeah. they want yeah, that's right. Absolutely. people to find. I want to talk a little bit about the Knowledge Conference, as we often do on the podcast. Um, 
the knowledge management group in the community is very active and uh, very collaborative. Uh, can you let us know if you were able to meet with people at the Knowledge Conference last year and if you have any plans for this year to bring that group of people together? Sure. Uh, so last year there was a Knowledge Management SIG event um, that was uh, pretty successful um, in terms of starting some dialogue um, between customers with each other um, and then of course um, with myself and a few other people from ServiceNow um, talking about what we could and could not do. Um, and there's going to be another event at this knowledge um, around the knowledge management SIG and I'll certainly be part of it. Um, I'm actually starting work on what that's going to look like uh, this week. So uh, a little later, I'll actually be able to tell you um, exactly what it's going to be. But my guess is that it's going to be um, uh, an opportunity for customers to ask ServiceNow people um, questions and perhaps maybe some of our um, more mature customers some questions about their implementations and how they'd handle situations um, and ask questions about best practices and maybe some common pitfalls and that kind of thing. That's what I'd really like to be able to do um, at K16. I'll also be um, available doing some um, smaller customer conversations, um, working with um, the community team to do that. Um, I did that last year as well, where um, I'd meet with smaller groups of customers and they could ask questions of me and I could answer them. Um, so uh, some kind of event like that will be existing at K16. Um, I don't organize that one. I'm just a part of it. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I do know it's coming. It's coming. It is. It's coming. You mentioned the community and the knowledge management SIG. Um, one of the things that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks is that we're actually going to merge the knowledge management SIG with the knowledge management community. Um, the reason that we're going to do that is because there's a lot of overlap in terms of the kind of questions and occasionally the actual question. Um, that gets asked between those two groups. So we want to bring those closer together. Um, I'm still going to be participating heavily in that area. Um, the only thing that changes really um, is that um, if you were part of the SIG, you go over to the other area um, and you'll be able to get all of the same information there. And we'll move all of the content that's in the SIG over to that area. Great. Well, thank you for being with us today, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I hope uh, I was able to give you all the information that you needed. Absolutely. Uh, we are going to post this podcast episode. We will include links to more information about knowledge management in the knowledge base itself, in the product documentation, and in the community. This has been another episode of ServiceNow Tech Bytes. Thank you, and we'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.